Hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Friday night. Uh, I apologize for the sound of my voice. Um, I've been uh, talking a lot lately, so um, I have a little bit of, uh, I guess you would call it a frog, or I just my voice is just a little rough right now, so I apologize for that. Um, with that being said, though, um, you might notice the uh, the title for the live stream tonight. I, I put that on there just to um, kind of maybe pique somebody's interest. Let's see who uh, ends up watching tonight or later on in the future. But um, the the title that I'm going to use for Hebrews chapter 10, we're still going to be getting in Hebrews chapter 10. But the title I want to use for the, tonight's podcast is going to be uh, Why I Try Not to Go to Church. And I put that go to church in quotation marks. And... Um, might sound a little strange, but um, to the to the listener out there, but I want you to kind of listen in for the entirety of the podcast, and um, you just let me know at the end or during if you have any questions. And uh, but we're going to go through Hebrews ten. Um, the pastor, uh, the one that pastors our church in um, in Hagerstown here, uh, asked posed a very I guess a a difficult question if you don't really go to God's word with it, if you try to use your own wisdom. He asked, uh, why do we even gather together on the times that we gather together? And um, he wants us to kind of prove it from God's word, not our own opinions. Um, Hey, Brother JT, I see you on there. Um, I'm almost finished with your book. I've been trying to, I've been trying to finish it up, but um, I, there's a few things that um, I'm still trying to study out a little bit um, that you brought up, but um, I've been enjoying it so far. Um, it's well thought out, and I'm looking forward to your next book that you're working on right now. Um, but um, I don't know if anybody's getting a uh, getting a little bit of a feedback, but I'm getting somewhat of a feedback. Hold on a second. I don't know. That might be just... Uh, outside nature, um, right outside my window over here in, in the studio. Um, but anyways, the title is why I try not to uh, go to church. And, um, so we're going to discuss that through the, through the lens of Hebrews chapter 10. It's going to be a, um, a great time tonight. And, uh, like I said, if you have any questions, um, or comments or anything like that, just go ahead and post them and I'll get to them. All right. Uh, so brother Jacob says, I sound good. Brother JT. Thank you very much. Uh, so before we get started, the intro, I'm going to um, point out a few things. Just remember the podcast, podcasts.com, where you can go listen to the audio version of this. Here in about an hour or so after I get finished, it all depends on how fast my internet uploads. And, um, and then Apple Podcasts, whenever it is, it migrates over to there. And then ltmbiy at yahoo.com is the email address. If you want to reach me there, it's going to be... Um, I, I check it every day, so um, if you have any kind of emails you want to you want to send, um, also, um, so I, I told you before that I'm not monetized here on this channel. What that means is there's not going to be any commercials, there's not going to be any of that kind of stuff, um, which simply says that you know I don't know who's paying those or what advertisers are going to be on these videos, um, and so in order not to be supported by that, I just said no to monetization. Um, so it doesn't matter how many subscribers I have or lose or how long and often they watch it. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't get paid off of YouTube. But what I've done is I set up a um, 
a PayPal account, I guess you would say. And um, if you want to donate to the ministry, um, you can do it completely anonymous, I, I believe. Uh, but if you want to just donate to the ministry, um, you go over there to uh, my Facebook or my, excuse me, my YouTube page, my about section, and you can click on the PayPal link and they'll set it up from there. Um, so that way, Christian brethren, if they want to um, give toward the necessity of the saints, as the, as Paul describes it, then they can do that. I just wanted to mention that because that's a, that's a new thing on the channel. Okay, let's get right into it tonight. Um, I only got about an hour, and we're about five minutes into it. And again, man, <clears throat> excuse me, man, my voice is shot. It's gone, but uh, we'll, we're going to get through this through the power of the, of the Spirit tonight. And uh, let's start in verse 1. Um, let's reverse it just a bit. Uh, so I do believe, I've said it before, that um, I believe that this book of Hebrews here, this letter, has a lot of um, prophetic value or you would say uh, doctrine for a later dispensation, the time of Jacob's trouble. Um, so... With that being said, Hebrews 10 especially has a lot of things, but I'm not going to dive deep into those. Um, again, I want to stay just below the surface on some of these issues, but I do want to point out a few things tonight. I got a lot of uh, notes written down here, so let's jump right into it. Verse 1, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually, Make the comers there unto perfect. And the first thing I notice in that is the word image. Um, so if you turn right back to Hebrews 1, um, the very first chapter, Hebrews 1 and verse 3, this sounds kind of familiar because it says, Who being in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty, of the majesty on high and that's psalms 110 verse 1 and we're going to see that again really shortly here um so again when i saw that it says for the law having a shadow of good things to come see it was a mystery to them though so i've never understood people that say well they look forward to the cross they knew that's what they were counting on for their salvation um it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense they had no idea but those things were a shadow, as it says here, of good things to come. Like I said before, in chapter 8 and chapter 9, different places where it talks about the temple, there's a lot of um, pattern or examples that we can see now because it's been revealed by the Holy Spirit. And not just by that, um, not by the Holy Spirit, but also through the Holy Spirit working through the Apostle Paul and his Pauline epistles. We, are, we can see these things one after the other so it's been it's an awesome time to be alive as far as biblical knowledge goes um not as far as the world's uh, vexing actions as on on a day-to-day -day basis but um you can see there and not the very image of the things i think that's very that's very neat because it uses it says um a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things I think it's just kind of neat because the image, the express image, Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the law um, as it talks about here. Remember the theme of Hebrews, if you will, is Jesus Christ was the one that was prophesied that they didn't know he was going to die on a cross. But these things that were a mystery 
were revealed, as Apostle Paul, as the Apostle Paul says. So that's just verse one, and I noticed that Hebrews chapter one and verse three. So you can write that down, image, and go back and look at that. Now let's keep reading. For then, would they not have ceased to be offered? That's a question. Because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. See, brethren out there, that what's really awesome is the fact that we don't have to go to a temple every year. Right? We don't have to offer sacrifices year after year after year after year. Jesus Christ entered in once. That's why he's a better sacrifice. The second, as we'll we'll, we'll see here, it's 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 amazing, it's awesome. But it's, see, it's asking the question that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin sins, but in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Every year they came to a realization like, oh, man, I am just not, I've, I've totally messed up. And they had to go in year after year after year. Um, brethren, Jesus Christ entered in once. That way, <laughs> praise the Lord. We don't even have to worry about that. It says our sins are gone. He abolished, took them out completely. We put our faith and trust in his righteousness. See, that's what I don't get about people who want to think or think that they can work for salvation or to keep it. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, as the Bible says. His righteousness, though, is what you need applied. Um, so, again, come to the end of yourself because <laughs> your righteousness no good. It, you're basically saying, I got to go in year after year after year. You don't have to do that anymore. You can you can put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and call out to him. Call out to him for his mercy. Just like you would throw yourself on the mercy of a court for that judge up there. Like, I know I messed up. I messed up. Have mercy. Be merciful to me, a sinner, as the publican said. That man walked away righteous. Please do that today. But in, um, excuse me, uh, verse four, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and go of goats should take away sins. It's not possible. Those are a shadow of good things to come. Um, we've, we've talked about a lot of that prophecy and how all these things that Jesus Christ fulfilled and we don't have time to go back through there, but I encourage you to go back through all of our studies of Hebrews, back um, back to Hebrews 1 and so forth, and all the way up to now. And you'll just see that time after time after time after time after time again, Jesus is better. Jesus Christ fulfilled all. Amen and amen and amen. Verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. All right, so turn in your Bibles, your King James Bibles, to Psalms chapter 40. Let's turn back to the Old Testament. I love going back and forth because these things have been revealed to us. So let's go see what wasn't revealed back then, but now we can see clearly through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's something to rejoice about out there. That is something to rejoice about. So Psalms chapter 40 in verse 6. We can see here where it says, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, 
mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Hi, Brother Justin. Um, Justin sixteen eleven. if you want to add a question there, uh, we're just going through Hebrews 10 right now, but if you want to add a question, uh, go right ahead and... Um, I'll get to it as soon as I possibly can. So, of course, leave your question there, and um, I'll get to it at a, at a decent stopping point. And if I can't get to it right away, we'll get it to it at the end. Okay? All right. So um, so you see there the correlation between verse 5 and um, Psalms chapter 40, verses 6 through 7 there. Verse 6 here back in Hebrews 10, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Again, in uh, let's go back to the Old Testament, to First Samuel. First Samuel, in chapter fifteen, in verse twenty-two, and Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than that the fat of rams." So. We see here that as it says in Hebrews, um, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. See, Jesus Christ is not interested in um, your knowledge, your head knowledge. He's interested in your heart. Okay? You can live any way you want. You can say whatever you want. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So, again... It's not about the sacrifices and all this kind of stuff. God said, I'm sick of that. What I want is your obedience in your in your heart. Um, they made it so much about the, the actions of checking off a list here. Okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. They just failed to realize that kind of stuff. And if you want to... Um, you want a good story or a good account of this is when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, you know, you... you you go to the degree of the law, but you ignore the weightier matters. The weightier matters is, is that you can't keep the law. You needed a per, you needed a sacrifice that would abolish sin forever, as it says uh, later on here. But uh, again, we could see in First Samuel fifteen verses twenty two a correlation to the verse there in chapter ten and verse six of Hebrews, and then Isaiah chapter one. Boy, if you go to the book of Isaiah, you can stay there quite a while and studying. I've, let's see here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11 through 18. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? And there's the question. I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beast, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks, or of lambs, or of he-goats. Well, I thought he told him to do that. Yeah. See? That's why these actions, that's, I equate it to like a child. So my two, well, let's see. She's two, a little over two. Two and some change. But anyways, when we ask her to do something, sometimes she'll do it. But you can tell, she's not all about doing it. Her attitude, her outward 
you know, it, it's her entire spirit is just bad. Well, so that's the same thing. We know that her heart is not um, obeying. Outwardly, she may be, okay, throwing that piece of trash in, into the trash can, but her heart is, is not obeying, if you catch what I'm saying there. And that's what God is saying to the Jewish people here. When ye come, verse 12, to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and the Sabbath, the callings of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And keep reading down to verse 18, but for the uh, sake of time, we'll we'll um we'll stop there but the the rest of it gets into a bit of future um some different things in the uh, time of jacob's trouble and then also into the millennial reign of christ but i just wanted to stop right there so isaiah chapter one uh, and then psalms 11 verse 5 we're already over there so let's turn over to psalms 11 So we're in Hebrews 10, Justin 1611. We're in Hebrews 10, but right now um, we're going over to Psalms chapter 11. So Hebrews 10 is um, the chapter that we're starting in, but um, Psalms chapter 11 and verse 5. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. I just kind of wanted to throw that in there too because he just mentioned the soul um, we've spoken about that in previous podcasts about the soul hateth the soul is wrathful to different things there and we again of the godhead the soul is god the father um, we, we've talked about that and verse after verse after verse i think um, shows that but um, that's not the point of the of the podcast tonight all right, let's go back over to Hebrews chapter 10. So we're working our way through this. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure in therein which are offered by the law. So we just got done reading Psalms chapter 40 and all those different places where it shows that. Again, it's proof, it's just showing the point that God is not interested in just the works. Okay? Now, he required them. Try um, doing what you were supposed to do as far as, uh, hey, you just can't. Well, I believe. Yeah, I believe that. I absolutely believe that. And without any kind of actions being put in place, it's dead works. The point is, is that it wasn't just about, well, sacrifice, but it also wasn't just about the sacrifice, if you catch my drift. God wanted the heart, and he didn't have the heart of the Jewish nation a bunch of times, but they were still sacrificing. So, all right, uh, verse 9 of chapter 10 of Hebrews Hebrews. 
verse 9 of chapter 10 of Hebrews. It says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Now, I want to stop here for a minute in verse 9 here, uh, because when we read verse 9, we can see this already, and I just wanted to key on the word second. Okay, second. So if you kind of underline that there in your Bible, verse 9, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God, he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. The second. So Hebrews chapter 8, or let's just work our way backwards. So Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 7, look what that says. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The second. The second, past the second veil, was the Holy of Holies. And you see that in Hebrews chapter 8, in verse 7. Um, or excuse me, you saw that in chapter 9, verse 7. Now in Hebrews 8, in verse 7, you see, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Remember, these are shadow of things to come, the better things to come. Um and that says, uh, been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second, the second, the second. So you see there the second veil, the second, um, the second covenant. And then I just want you to kind of think about this. Jesus Christ, as it says that his veil um, was his body, his flesh, that it was broken for us. You know, that he sacrificed himself willingly. He gave up and no man was able to take his life. He gave of himself. All right, he gave his life. No man took it. But think about this. So the second veil, the second, the second covenant, Jesus Christ's body, that veil, stops us from the second death. Turn over to Revelation chapter 20. Excuse me. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. This, this should be an encouragement to you, Christian, because if you have put your trust, you have come to the end of yourself and called upon the name of the Lord and his righteousness said, be merciful to me, a sinner. Here it is. That second veil, that second. Blessed, verse 6 of chapter 20 of Revelation. Blessed is and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power. Amen. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. This second death that it talks about here, and it talks about it a few other times, where death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, the second death. We are absolved from the second death because of the second veil. I just, when I saw that, the second covenant, the second veil, it did something to me. Like I, it just made me rejoice and think about thinking about that um, was just an amazing thought. That the second, that second veil that entered into that holy of holies, which Hebrews says is his flesh, Jesus's Jesus Christ's body, the same veil that was ripped from top to bottom when he said it is finished. That was the better covenant, the second, the shadow of good things to come. But it wasn't the very image. See, verse 1 of chapter 10, and not the very image of the things, but the very image. 
the expressed image of God, God in the flesh, fully God, died, gave himself willingly to remove that veil. So the in, the only way we can come to the Holy of Holies now and we can come boldly to the throne is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So I just wanted to, to show that the second covenant, the second veil, and the second death. We don't have to even worry about the second death anymore. If you haven't received Jesus Christ, you have not put your faith and trust in his righteousness and called out to him for mercy and grace. Do that today. So you don't have to worry anymore about the second death. Verse 10 of chapter 10 of Hebrews. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, Jesus Christ says, It is finished. It's done. He accomplished what he set out to do. To reconcile man back to himself by sacrificing himself. That perfect lamb. It is finished. Verse 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Those man-made sacrifices, your man-made works, your righteousness can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies, till his enemies be made his footstool. And again, you can go back to Psalms 110 verse 1, and then you can go back to the end of the book, so to speak. You can see how it all ends. When death and hell are cast into the lake of fire, we don't have to worry about sin nature anymore. He says it wipes away all tears and we rejoice and celebrate and praise the lamb that was worthy, that was slain for us, but didn't stay slain. Rose again, victorious, so we wouldn't have to experience death anymore. How exciting is that? Wow. Forever in verse 12 and 13. That's it. It's gone. It is finished, as he said. Verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. If you ever come across somebody that's telling you that when you came to the end of yourself and you said, I, I can't do anything to save myself, be merciful to me, cry out, call upon his name, have mercy on me, apply your grace, I need your grace, please. If anybody tries to tell you now that that's happened, you can somehow lose your salvation. I want you to go to this verse. Because it says, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who sanctifies you? Jesus Christ is the one that sanctifies you. He's the one that reconciles you. He's the one that rejuvenates you makes a new creature, a new birth. He has perfected, completed forever 
them that are sanctified. Forever has no end. The Bible says you are sealed. That Holy Spirit of promise whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. It's clear in, in his word that you cannot lose your salvation. You just can't. It's impossible because it wasn't up to you in the first place. His grace was applied to your life. You cannot beat the language of the King James Bible. That's why I believe this is the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God that's been preserved for us in the English language. It's pretty clear when it says all or forever. There's no wiggle room in that. Okay? Forever them that are sanctified. It's encouraging to me, but it's also convicting to me. Such an amazing act happened when salvation happened. Why do we live in the flesh? We are no longer subject to that flesh. No longer. So, why are we living any longer? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, Paul says. Wow. Eternal sanctification there in verse 14. Verse 15, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds while I write them. I, I want you to notice something. Verse 15, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. How can the Holy Ghost even make that claim? Isn't that God the Father speaking there? That's an Old Testament reference. Verse 16, that's Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 33. That's God the Father speaking, isn't it? Yes, but it's also the Holy Spirit. One God, one being, that is God the Father, soul, the body, Jesus Christ, Son of God, the Word that was from the beginning, and then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit. That's why he can claim it. Am I trying to say some sort of modalism? Again, I have to say no. I don't understand how it works. Can't explain it. But that's what it says there. Okay? I'm just reading it for what it says, so... But that Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit of promise that has sealed you. That's what it's talking about. He's a witness to that, that forever you're sanctified. Because it's not up to you in the first place. To gain and or keep. Speaking of verse 16, let's go ahead and turn to Jeremiah 31. We're almost to a stopping point. I think I'm going to stop in verse 24. So if once I start, I stop in verse 24, maybe 25. I may read that, but um, then we'll see how much time we have remaining. In uh, brother Justin uh, 1611, there, uh, you can go ahead and, and write your question uh, whenever you want to, brother. 
All right, Jeremiah chapter 31. We'll get there eventually. There we go. Chapter 31 and verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Well, that's interesting. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was not a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Um, what's really cool about this is that this has a millennial reign uh, connotation because after the days of Jacob's trouble, as it mentions, um, yeah, just a chapter before that in Jeremiah chapter 30, uh, or Jeremiah, or three verse 30. Maybe I'm being uh, dyslexic here a little bit. Jeremiah 3. Well, I know as soon as I went to it, I would I would lose it. Uh, bear with me uh, just a moment here, folks. Because after those days, it says... You never want dead air, but I think this is important to show here. Yeah, yeah, Jeremiah thirty. Why can why could I not see that? Jeremiah thirty and verse seven. I must have skipped right over it. At last, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. I I quote that verse all the time. Um, so I don't know why I could not, uh, why it had a temporary mental block there. But Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 and through 33 is speaking of after those times. I will make after the, after those days, it says in verse 33, saith the Lord, I will put my law in her. So when they, the Jewish people finally cry out during the time of Jacob's trouble and say, okay, you are God. Jesus Christ is king. When they finally do that, he's going to split the eastern sky, step on the Mount of Olives, and destroy the uh, Antichrist army and all sorts of awesome stuff. But uh, And then the millennial reign will happen. A thousand years where Jesus Christ will rule and reign. All right, let's go back to Hebrews. That was just a little bit of a side note there, but Hebrews chapter 10. get here Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17 we'll pick it back up and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more now where remission of these is there is no more offering for sin having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus that's the veil the blood of Jesus his body by a new and living way verse 20 which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. So, again, it, it brings it up again. And that living way is, um, 
one of my brothers pointed out that this means eternal by a new and eternal way which he hath consecrated for us uh, living means never dies so i mean it's constantly alive it's living so that makes sense when it talks about being eternal through the veil that is to say his flesh we know jesus christ is the alpha and omega has no end so that was the perfect sacrifice in verse 21 uh, and having a high priest over the house of god I told you we'd eventually get to why I try not to go to church. Here it is right now. Let's get into it. Verse 21, where it says the house of God. I'm sure if you've been around circles, Christian circles, you've heard the uh, the church house called the house of God. Um, but turn over in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. You can see here, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. That's not a building. Okay, we'll read it again. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. As he's saying, okay, when you come in, make sure you uh, you do this and you do that and you do certain things. Listen, which is the church of the living God. See, the church is the people. You don't go to church. I try not to go in just like some kind of action to go to a church. No, I am the church. I go to be the church with other Christians, if you understand what I'm saying. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 through 22. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon a foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God, if you just try hard enough. No, it says through the Spirit. That is the only way, that is the only way we can actually be the church. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're coming because of programs and, okay, we got to raise this money to build this little section over here. Folks, that's not, that's not anything to do with the church of the living God. I'm going to get into in a moment here um, the next verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. To what I believe is our purpose. Remember I said our, our, uh, the one that pastors at our church um, asked us this question. So this is kind of my way of just saying through the word of God, what I see. So I'm in the Navy. Um, and what you're about ready to see is a naval term. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. Now, if you think about it, the term hold fast, you know, the rigging, the lines and everything like that, that you're trying, 
when you're sailing in a storm and everything like that, you would have to hold fast. You would have to really grip it, really grip onto it to make sure you didn't lose that, that line so that the sails wouldn't blow away and go this way and that and drive your ship whichever way. You really had to hold fast. But we'll notice here as we get into some of these verses that it's not up to us. We can only hold fast because he's given us the power. It's an amazing thing to see. And so turn over to 1 Thessalonians. These are the two references that's my answer to my brother's question. 1 Thessalonians. I don't know if he's uh, watching. He's probably not watching right now. I don't know if he'll watch later on. But um, this is my answer, brother. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 10. Uh, let's just start in verse 9, actually. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. The very first thing is why, why we come together, why we do that. Why are we supposed to be the church and not go to church? That's why. It's because we're supposed to be comforting ourselves together and edifying one another. Strengthen each other. That's the first thing. Keep reading though. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. That's another reason I come together with like-minded, blood-bought, born-again people is because they admonish me. I need that in my life. Christian, so do you. We need to be admonished through the power of the Holy Spirit by the Word of God. You can read the Bible on your own, of course. You can have your personal study time. You can get alone with God. But sometimes it takes somebody else to say, hey, this is, look, word of God. Here's the word, brother. I'm going to admonish you. Or, hey, you're doing great. As it says here, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Those that are among us that are doing the work, the admonition is, hey, man, keep it up. God bless you. Look, according to the word here, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to admonish you to keep going. Keep going, brother. You can do it. It's kind of like a it's it's an it's it's enough with the Holy Spirit. It is enough that the Holy Spirit is within us. Don't get me wrong. If you're on a deserted island and that's all you have, that's good enough. That's more than enough. However, he's set up a way for us to have companionship on this earth with through the one spirit that we share in common totally different types of personalities but still can be admonished and still be encouraged by one another that's another reason here's another reason 
Verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. I need to be warned sometime. Sometimes I'm, I get off the, 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 the word of God and I'm like, okay, uh, I start to think maybe it sounds like the, wait a minute. Hey, that's not what it, that's not the, what it says clearly right here. It says, boom, 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 boom. That's not what you're saying. Oh, thanks. That's the exhortation. And then warn them if they're not, if they're unruly, as it says here. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient towards all men. Verse 15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Something about getting around the body of believers that we're going to be for all of eternity anyways. Let's do it now. Let's start rejoicing together now. We're going to be rejoicing in heaven for all of eternity. Um, let's start here on this earth. It's so good to get together and rejoice with one another. Pray without ceasing. It's kind of hard to pray by yourself without ceasing. But you get around a lot of brothers and sisters. When you come together, boy, they're praying. They're praying. They're praying through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're praying through that. It's without ceasing. It says the Holy Spirit makes groanings and utterings that we can't even, we don't even, we don't even know what we can, we need to ask for. But he does. It's, it's amazing. There's another reason. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Get around people that are giving thanks for what God has done for them. Hey, boy, the Lord saved me out of the worst situation. I was a dirty, rotten sinner, as we all were. My story is one of redemption, hallelujah. And I see that and I'm like, oh, giving thanks. Man, that is so encouraging. Quench not the spirit. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. How do we know which is good? How do we prove all things? We've already seen it through the word of God. That's what everybody should be doing. Abstain from all appearance of evil. If we're not around each other, what are you doing instead? If we're decided to come together, hey, we're going to come together at this time. Why would you not want to be there? What are you doing anyways? And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, where we'll all be together through the power of the Spirit. And when Jesus Christ comes, and we're going to do all these things anyways for all of eternity. Let's start now. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will, who also will do it. It's not up to us to hold fast. He's faithful. He'll do the work. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. See, read God's word to each other. That's another reason we come together. Read the word of God to each other. Hey, this is what God showed me today. Look at this, brethren. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I've read that a thousand times, at least a hundred times, and I never saw. Wow. That only happens when we come together. Get together. And 
a house. Um, my, my body of believers that I assemble with are in a warehouse. Because it's not about the building. Except that in our society, in our cultural, cultural Christianity, it's about the building all the time. No. See, it's about coming together in the spirit. Don't go to church. I try not to go to church. You understand? That's what the title of this thing is. So that's why I labeled it. I try not to go to church. Through the power of the spirit, I try to be the church through his power. I try to hold fast to that which is good. You saw hold fast over here when it says, um, right up there, hold fast. Uh, it's in there somewhere. Uh, yes, verse 21, hold fast that which is good. So there it is. 1 Thessalonians 5, 10 through 28. That's one scripture I use. And then uh, to say, why do we come together? And then 2 Timothy. And then we'll finish up with one more verse and we'll have time for questions. So 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. in verse 1 through 14 uh, for time's sake we'll just read down through here I'll just point out a few things but it says Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise um, of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy my dearly beloved son grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord same person I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I might that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded that in thee also wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God the gift of God is the Holy Spirit, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That's for another time. Uh, we'll talk about, well, what do you mean putting on his hands? We'll talk about it some other time. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. Remember, that's our job. That's our vocation. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He's the one that can, can keep that. He's the one that will keep it. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee by the Holy Ghost with which dwelleth in us. So again, it's the only way we can hold fast is because his hand is the one that holds us. 
that's encouraging, but we need to live in the power of the spirit as opposed to the power of our own flesh. We only have that power through him. So the naval term, hold fast, we think it's on us. It's not on us. It's through the power of his spirit, which dwelleth in us. Last one uh, for tonight, Hebrews chapter 10. We'll stop here and we'll pick it up next time. Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's another reason why we get together is to consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Hey, brother, how you how's your walk? Is 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 the spirit leading you? How are you being a, 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 a husband? Are you being a faithful man? That's provoking. You know, people think that provoking is a, a bad term. But provoking unto good works, that's a good thing. That's another reason why we come together. So that's all to answer the question of why I try not to go to church. I try to be the church through the power of the Spirit. Because that's the only reason why we get together. If you're getting together for any other reason other than that, it's not for the better. It's for the worse. And uh, it's just a social club at that point. Get around and talk about sports and whatnot. That's not that's not going to church, folks. Just because it's labeled that, just because it has that label on the front of that whatever building it is that you're you're going to, doesn't mean that you are being the church as the Bible commands us to be. All right, so that's uh, Hebrews ten verses one through twenty four, and again we'll pick it up next time. All. Um, I wanted to point out one last thing, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 26. Let's just turn to real quick, real quick, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 26. You want to see the opposite of this? Or provoking into good works? Galatians 5, I keep hitting this. Galatians 5 and verse 26. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. See, you want to provoke somebody into other ways. Come together desirous of vainglory. Be about yourself. That's the exact opposite of why we should be coming together there, as it says in verse 24 of Hebrews 10. So I just wanted to point that out. Okay, so uh, my brother here asked a question. I know that church buildings are unbiblical, but what if you want to try some out with the intention of hopefully being uh, or finding saved brethren? What are your thoughts on this? All right. The vast majority are. Uh, that's the the only thing I can tell you there, brother. The vast majority of church buildings, and I'll put quotations around that, are unbiblical. It's not necessarily the structure itself. We can be the church right now in my home studio. Two or three brothers come over here. We get around God's word. We follow the commands that's been given us in this New Testament. We can be the church. It's not about a number. It's not about what type of structure you meet in. Like I said, I mean, we meet in a, a, fr- a storefront in the front of a warehouse. Um, literally on the side of a train tracks. So, I mean, it. that's where we have come together. And that's the uh, place that can hold the, uh, the group of brethren that have decided to come together. And, um, and so... That's kind of what it is. Uh, in, intentions of hopefully finding saved brethren. Um, I would just say pray. 
that the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God would bring those your direction, brother. Um, I think just trying to say, well, okay, this one's got this certain label, and I'm going to try going over here. Um, I've done that. I've been there, done that. And uh, I truly believe that God brought us to this last place that calls called itself a church. And um, there was different things that were happening at the time. But I met some brothers and sisters in the Lord that just wanted to be about the word of God as that being the final authority. And uh, once that happened, God moved. He, When you give yourself over to the spirit, um, it's up to him. Just like him to hold fast for us. It's for, it's up to him. And, um, so unbiblical church buildings, I think if somebody's saying I'm going to church and it's, you know, it's got a, you know, it's got whatever that is on top of it, a steeple or whatever they want to call it. I call it a few other things, but, um, if it's got that kind of stuff and they're calling themselves a church, doesn't necessarily make it completely unbiblical right away, but I think for the most part, the vast majority have already gone down the wrong path anyways. And they've gotten away from the Word of God as the final authority. They've gotten away from it. All right, so that's exactly what I was thinking. I wanted to try some church buildings out with the intention of finding someone who wants to get out and be about God's Word. And I would say, I mean... Uh, just, just be careful, brother. Just pray and let the spirit move. Um, uh, God, God will provide a way so many times myself and my wife, we would say, okay, let's look up the doctrinal statement of a, of a, of a church. Again, I'll put quotation marks around it and it's like, well, okay, looks good. But you quickly realize that in faith and practice, they don't use God's word as the final authority, maybe on the faith, but in practice, oh man, a lot of stuff is just really messed up. But I haven't let that um, dissuade me from gathering with with brethren. Like I said, um, some people get so abused by the the system, the man's made system. That they just saying, well, I'm gonna. It's it's completely unbiblical to get together with 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 brethren. No, it's it's very biblical to get together. Um, finding a church building and people calling themselves a church doesn't make it so, as you've as you pointed out, my friend. But um, that the only advice I know is to point you to God's word and let the Spirit move. Let him let him work through you, and and um, he'll make it things very clear if you just stay out of the way. And um, I pray that you do that and you live in the power of the Spirit. So I really appreciate you joining me here tonight. And uh, thanks for asking the question. It's a very good question because it's uh, it's difficult to answer in our own wisdom. That's why I go to God's Word. Because on my own, I make a mess of things all the time. So uh, I thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, thank you, everybody that will watch this video in the future. Uh, thank you for those that are going to be listening to this later on on the podcast at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S podcast.com, the audio version, Apple podcast, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. Look it up on both of those. Um, L-T-M-B-I-Y at Yahoo is the email address. So 
please write me there. Um, correspond with me there. I love hearing from the brethren out there. It's been an encouragement. Um, thank you, brother. It's been an encouragement to see somebody on here talking back here because it's like, like I've said before, it's it, it it's an admonishment. And uh, thank you for joining me tonight, uh, brother Justin. Justin, 1611. I like that, 1611. Um, but uh, remember, LTM, BIY. And then the PayPal link is up and running on the YouTube channel in the About section. Or if you're on a desktop, you can look in the upper right-hand corner right next to the, where the Facebook link is, by the way. Go to the Facebook page, leave a message there, and see what's going on there. Uh, let this mind be in you. Ministries. All right? So we're right there at an hour. We hit it because God was in it tonight. And I thank you for joining me. And uh, hopefully, prayerfully, I can be on here again next Friday night. Um, I got a little bit of business out of town. But I should still be here. Um by Friday night at nine, but, um, be praying for me as I'm heading down the road and be traveling a little bit, be praying for my wife and babies. And I'll be praying for you out there. Let's pray without ceasing. As it says for us to do, let's be the church. Stop going to church. Let's be the church. And that's it for tonight on let this mind be in you brother, Michael D'Angelo. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Be a good ambassador. Be worthy of the vocation which you are called to do, and that's to be an ambassador for Christ. Thank you so much.